have already filled it, God, with you. I thank you, Father God, for giving your people itching ears. I thank you, Father God, that their hearts are open and receptive to receive your right now rhema word, God. I thank you, Father God, that the blind shall see, the lame shall walk, the deaf shall hear. Incurable sicknesses and diseases shall be healed. Tumors and growth shall disappear. God, I thank you for the miraculous in this house on today, God. I thank you, God, for what you have already done. God, we're not trying to get anything done. It's already done. We just receiving what you already have done, God, in Jesus' name. God, I bind the hands of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. I bind the spirit of infirmity in Jesus' name. God, I come against every attack and every assignment the enemy has sent out against us on today. I come against the spirit of witchcraft in the name of Jesus. And now, God, I plead the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you and I praise you, Father God. That the battle has already been won, God. We are already victorious in Christ Jesus. So we give you glory, honor, and praise, God. That is no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of us. Because we all have been crucified with Christ. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let us hear what the Spirit of the living God has to say on today through his word. And know that this is his word. And as his, as his word is being read, you need to accept it for what it is. Amen. Go with me to the book of Philippians. And I want to start at verse 6 and I'm going to end at verse 8. And I believe all of us are familiar with this passage. But it's time for us to be strong in him and in the power of his might. And even though we may be familiar with it, it's time for us to live And know what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Amen. Philippians the fourth chapter beginning at verse six. Let's hear what the Lord has to say. The word of God reads. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I want to talk about guard your mind. Guard your mind. I want you to know on this morning that the warfare that we're in is in our mind. Satan is using our mind to bring warfare. That's the only way his warfare can come is in your mind. The battle is in your mind. And if you don't get control of your mind, Your mind will get control of you. Some people have died because of not controlling their mind. Controlling the way that they think. If you've been thinking a certain way for years, you have a mental stronghold in your mind. You are held captive in your mind due to the way that you think. If we don't get control of our minds, our minds will control us. 
God is saying, guard your mind. Some of us have let our mind run away. Some of us got our mind all over the place where we don't know what to believe or who to believe, even though we're born again. We have to guard our minds. God reminded me in the book of Gideon, go back with me to the book of Gideon, because I've been teaching on the wisdom of God. And God want to show you something before I continue on guard your mind, because it's falling all in place. Y'all know how Gideon and the Israel, Israel was uh, afraid of the Midianites. So what they were doing, they were hiding in caves and they built strongholds and all this to hide from the Midianites. They wasn't even coming out because they were so afraid. We're in a time now that people are not even coming out because they're so afraid of what they're hearing about COVID. They're so afraid of, you know, what has come after COVID. And then it's things that still coming upon the land. And don't be alarmed when you hear about these things because God already knew that these things were going to come. This is why God prepare his people and he prepare messengers. He prepare the ones to speak on his behalf to make you ready to get you prepared for what's yet to come. God never, ever, ever allow anything to sneak up on you. I can tell you he's such a loving father that he don't let anything or anyone sneak up on you. God will forewarn you way in advance. He just don't forewarn you a day ahead. He forewarn you years ahead. God wants you to be prepared for what's yet to come. So God, he warned Gideon. He warned all of them about being disobedient to him. And he let them know this is what's going to come because of disobedience. Because you're fearing other gods. You're respecting them. You're bowing down to them more than you bowing down to me. So they got turned over until their enemies. So they were afraid. They were in bondage unto them. They were afraid to come out. But God. Can somebody say but God? God loved them so much. He still didn't give up on them. Even though they were in captivity for seven years. God did not give up on them. Because they belonged to God. But God was showing me this, and I want to read this to you. Gideon, once God got Gideon in the place to be a deliverer, to bring the people out of what they were in, this is what God was telling Gideon about the people that was around him. Go to Judges chapter 7 and verse 3. God is saying this, what well, I started too. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, my own hand have saved me. I want y'all to listen to this. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, my own hand have saved me. So God said, what I'm getting ready to do. Man going to have to know it wasn't you that did it. It was me. Y'all got to understand how God works. See, the wisdom of God is far above the wisdom of man. What God does is foolish to man. And that's why man can't grab hold to God. So this is what he had to do. He had to turn the tables to let them know they're going to know it was me and not man. So he said, this is what I want you to do. He said, now, therefore. Go to proclaim in the ears of the people saying, see, God got to have somebody to speak on his behalf. 
He got to have a spokesman to only speak what he tells them to speak, not what they think they need to be speaking to make them feel good. He said, whosoever is fearful, now listen, and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And their return of the people, listen at this, 20 and 2,000. And there remain 10,000. Now y'all look at this. God said, I want the fearful and the ones that are afraid, I want them to depart from this mount. Because God said, I can't use the fearful and the afraid. See, we got some church folks that's fearful and they're afraid. And God said, I can't have them in the mix of what I'm doing if they're fearful and afraid. I need for them to depart. The Bible said it was what? 22,000 fearful and afraid Israelites. The ones that was in covenant with God. They had to depart. It was only 10,000 left. But God said, I'm not through yet. He said, it's still too many. To defeat the Midianites. So this is what God told Gideon. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people are yet too many. Bring them down into the water and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whomever I shall say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. See, God was doing the picking and the choosing. Man don't pick and choose who's going to do what God want them to do. Man don't sit up here and tell people, I'm going to put you in a place. They can't put you somewhere that God has already put you. This is why you got to know your position in the body of Christ outside of man. Because sometimes man puts you somewhere that God said they ain't where they need to be. So they're going to disrupt my body. Because we supposed to be one in Christ. We're one in him. He has his one body. We're the body of Christ. If we put the hand in the wrong place, the hand going to look jacked up. I'm trying to tell you, you don't just put people in place because you think they know the word of God. You don't put them in place because they show up in church every Sunday. See, the devil can use a person showing up every Sunday. You got to hear the spirit of the living God when he's talking. And now you got, oh God, get ready to pull some people out of place. It's time for people to be pulled out of place. And it's time for people to be put in place that's going to stand and quit play acting. God said, we're in a crucial time now. When you say you know me, you better know me. That's why God was getting them out the way. He said, I can't have the fearful. I can't have the unbelieving amongst the ones that I'm going to send. 22,000 went home. He said, 10,000 is still too much for me to deliver them in their hands. And then God said, and the Lord said unto Gideon, okay, let's go to verse 5. So he brought down the people into the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shall thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that bowed down upon his knees to drink, and the number of them that lapped, putting their hands to their mouth, was three hundred men. But all the rest bowed, people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lap, I will save you. And deliver the Midianites into thine hand. And let all the other people go, every man into his place. Now look at what God did. God was doing it his way and not man way. 
And until we do it God's way and not our way, it is not going to work. This is why you got to have such a connection with God that you hear him and you hear him only. Outside of what everybody else is saying that makes sense. Everything that makes sense ain't sense. This is why you have to hear what God is saying. Whomever or whatever you spend most of your time with outside of God, that's what's going to make sense to you. Because that's what you feeding on. This is why they were delivered into the hands of the Midianites because they were spending too much time with other things besides God. They were spending too much time listening to the world's way instead of listening to God's way. So God said, I'm going to turn you over to the one you're listening to because you put yourself in that place. When you spend too much time listening to COVID-19, that's who you're getting turned over to. The more time you spend with something is what you become of something. Come on, we'll talk about marriage. The more time you spend with each other in marriage, you start looking alike, you start talking alike, you start eating alike, you start disliking what they dislike and stuff you never liked before. Come on, somebody. The more time you spend with people, you begin to act like them. You begin to mimic them. You begin to want to do what they do and how they do it. You begin to cut the fool like them. You begin to be fearful and afraid like them. Whomever you associate with is what you become. This is why God said you got to separate yourself. You separate yourself from unbelievers. An unbeliever cannot save you. So why did I bring back up Gideon? Because this is where I'm going. I'm going back to Philippians, but I'm bringing up Gideon because God said there has to be a separation. And God will be the one that separate. You can't hang with everybody that's saying, Lord, Lord, because everybody that say, Lord, Lord, really don't know him. Everybody that's telling you about what the words say really don't know him. Because when you really know him, you know that he's not going to fail you. You know that no matter what comes, God is going to be there for you. His words say he's a present help in the time of trouble. God, when I don't know, you know all things. And when I don't know, you told me to ask from wisdom from above. And you'll give me your wisdom on how to do what need to be done. So in Philippians... It says, be careful for nothing. That means don't be anxious. Don't fret. Don't take a thought. Don't let trouble and cares overtake you. Come on. Why is Paul saying this? Why is he telling us, don't be anxious. Don't fret. Don't take a thought. Don't let trouble and cares worry you, overwhelm you. Why is Paul saying this? Because Paul knew it was going to come a time that a thought is going to bring you into anxiety. Did anybody know what anxiety is? Anxiety, it says in Proverbs, the 12th chapter, heaviness, anxiety, it weighs your heart down, but a good word makes it glad. See, when anxiety come, it weighs you down. It weighs your heart down. Why? Because it got to get into your heart to weigh you down. Because the enemy knows if I can plant a seed in your heart 
that's not the word of God that gives you life, it's going to weigh you down so that you're going to be worried, that you're going to be anxious, that you're going to toss, that you're going to turn because you took a thought. So Paul is saying, you don't need to take a thought. Anytime a thought come to you that don't line up with the word, you got to cast it down. You got to get, God ain't going to get rid of it for you. God said the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of these strongholds. God said, I have given you weapons that are mighty for you to pull down these strongholds. Why is he saying guard your mind? Because remember, you're a three-part being, y'all. Spirit, soul, and body. The spirit is the real you. That's the part of you that got born again. That's the part of you that's joined unto the Lord. That's the part of you that has the wisdom of God. That's the part of you that has the mind of God. That's the part of you that has everything you need to do what you need to do on this earth. As he is, so are we in this world. Everything that Jesus have, we have. Christ in you, Christ in us, the hope of glory. What does that mean? Jesus, when he died, when he paid the price, the Bible said he went and what? Sat by the right hand of the father, right? He's making intercession for us, but guess what happened? There's Jesus and then there's the Christ. Christ is the anointed one. Christ, which is the anointed one. Your hope of glory came in and abide in you. Christ is the anointed one that breaks every yoke, that destroys every yoke. It's the anointing of God that's abiding in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So everything you need is already in you. It's in your spirit so you can wage war here on earth. God said, I am in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The same things that Jesus done when he walked the earth. He said, greater works shall you do. Why? Because I'm in you, the hope of glory. The same way I opened the blind eyes, you can open the blind eyes. The same way I fed the 5,000, you can feed the 5,000. The same way I healed the man with the withered arm, you can heal somebody with a withered arm. The same way the woman touched the hem of my garment and the power of God came over. Her. Somebody can touch you and Christ in you, the hope of glory, can heal, deliver, and set free. Why? Because everything you need is in your spirit. But the problem is your soul. Your soul did not get saved. Your soul did not get saved. Your mind, your will, your emotions. That's why the enemy is after your soul. That's why the enemy put thoughts there. Why did he put these thoughts there? Because he said, if I can keep you thinking on things that don't line up with the word of God, the life of God cannot flow through you so your body can get that life. Your body is the shell. Your body is what? Get all the force of everything. Your body is the one that shuts down when your mind is tore up. Come on. Your body is the one that feeds off of your soul. So whatever a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So does he become. So this is why you got to guard your mind. You got to guard the things that's coming in at your mind and how you guard it. You don't sit there and watch every little thing. 
You got to turn off the tube. You got to hear what the spirit has to say. One thing that I believe, I don't believe they had televisions back in the day. Way back then when Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I don't believe they had all that. So see, they had to hear what God had to say. But what they did have when they went into these lands, see, they had idols. They had gods that they built with their hands. That they made up so they can look at that God and they can begin to think about what that God could do for them. So it was like a a television. They begin to depend on that God. They begin to call upon that God. See, God knew they're going to take you away from me. Television is a God. Radio is a God. Things of this earth is Satan. So he is the God of this world. And this is why it said the God of this world have blinded the minds of the unbelievers. Why? Because he don't want them to receive this glorious gospel that gives light. So he blind their eyes. How did he blind their eyes? He makes sure their attention are on things of this world because he is the God of this world. You are in the world, but you're not of the world. So you don't do what the world does. You do opposite of what the world does. So he said, do not be anxious about anything. God, how can you say that? How can you say, do not be anxious about anything God how how can you say that God when so much is going on in the world when people are dying left and right how can you say God do not be anxious do not fret do not take a thought do not let these troubles and these cares overwhelm you how can you tell them to put this in this Bible and the next verse is going to tell you the reason why God is saying do not be anxious Do not fret. Do not take the troubles or cares of this world. Why? He said, the next point was, but in everything. Look at the first thing. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. Look how God did that. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. So he's telling us, I don't want you to get anxious. He said, when you feel yourself getting anxious, that's when you got to go to the word of God. He said, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. See, when we become anxious, and I believe all of us in this room have some anxiety somewhere, in some area, maybe with your um, family, maybe with your children, maybe with your job, and maybe with physically dealing with your health and maybe spiritually whatever wherever that anxiety is coming from God has given you a command today he said don't be anxious about that don't worry don't fret about that don't take a thought about that he said what I want you to do I want you to come to me why would I come to God because I trust him because I know God is my answer I know that God he hears me when I call him so when you know him As your Lord, when you know him as your savior, you go to him and you begin to make your request, your petition known unto God. Why? Because I know God. Come on, when you know God, when anxiety try to come in, you're going to cast all your cares over to him. Why? Come on, we're going to look at that in another translation. Go with me to first Peter five, seven. Come on, God, give us exactly what we need in our time of trouble. God is just too good. 
And all the time, he is good. Look at, listen what Peter said. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. He said, give him all your anxieties. Give him all your worries. Give him all your cares. Give him all your burdens. Why? Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's why he said, learn of me. See, when we really know God, we can give it to him. Come on, when you really know God, whatever you're going through now, you can cast them cares over to him. You can cast your worries over to him. Because just like Jehoshaphat in his time of trouble, when three armies was coming out against Jehoshaphat, and this is what we have to do, fear did come. Come on, fear and dread did come. Jehoshaphat seen all them armies coming. But when fear and dread came, what did Jehoshaphat do? He was casting all his cares. He was casting all his worries over on God. Why? Because he knew El El Yon was the most high God. How did Jehoshaphat get through it when all of this was coming? I don't know about you. You may have the Midianites on your tail. You may have the Amalekites on your tail. It may be different ikes just coming out against you. Sickness can be an ike. Financial problems can be an ike. Going through with your children can be an ike. Going back to school could be an ike. All these ikes is just coming out against you one after another. But what we have to do, we have to roll it over on him. We have to commit our way unto the Lord. Trusting also in him, knowing that he will bring it to pass. We have to commit our ways, our thoughts unto the Lord. God is bringing this in the house because, y'all, it is not over. It's more yet to come. It's going to get to the place where people don't want to come out of their houses. Where people are going to be afraid to go to the grocery stores. They're going to be afraid to visit family. They're going to be afraid to do anything. And that's when that fear is going to come in and overtake them. This is why God is preparing you now to tell you, I want you to give all this to me. I want you to know that I'm a loving father. I want you to know that I'm here for you no matter what come upon the land. No matter if it's in the midst of you. I want you to know that I'm God. I'm El Shaddai. I'm God Almighty. I'm a God who saves. I'm a God who delivers. I'm a God who sets the captives free. I'm a protector. Because if you're dwelling in the secret place and you know you're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. If you know that you're abiding up under the shadows of the Almighty. You should know that that he is your refuge, he is your fortress, he is your strength, he is all that you need for him to be. God said, I'm not going to leave you by yourself. You belong to me. You're my son. You're my daughter. He said, and I'm going to be your protector. I'm going to be everything that you need in your time of trouble because I don't go back on my word. I don't go back on my promises, but I need for you to come unto me. And knowing that I am God, knowing that I am El Shaddai, knowing that I'm everything that you need, in spite of your trouble, I want you to come unto me. God said, come unto me, the one that saved you, the one that delivered you, the one that healed you, the one that kept you when you thought you couldn't be kept, the one that wins every battle, that never lost a battle. He said, I want you to come unto me. Oh, that's weary. And I will give you some rest. God said, the rest I want to give you is for your soul because your spirit is already in a rest. The devil can't touch.
your spirit. But he's having field day with our souls. Because he know in that soul, that's where the battlefield is. It's in the soulish area. And that's the part of you that have to be renewed. Catch this. Every day. Every minute, every opportunity you get. You need to be in the word of God so you know what God is saying to you. Because when you in the word, God is speaking to you him, himself through his word. God word is true. God is true. Let every man become a liar. If we spend more time in his word, we're spending more time in him. We're spending more time getting to know him as a loving father, a father that just won't leave his children out there to die. See, that's not the God I serve. God is faithful even when we're faithless. God is true to his promises. Even if we don't do nothing, God is still yes and amen. He's still true. Even if you don't believe him, the word don't change. If God say you healed and you don't believe you healed, his word don't change. That's our fault. If God say you prosperous, you still prosperous, even though you don't want to believe it. Because God is not going to change. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. God say, I change not. We got to let his word be nigh unto us. In our mouth, in our heart, the word of faith, which we preach, which we proclaim. But you got to get into the word long enough to be able to proclaim what God is saying. So God is telling us, he said, can you cast your cares? He said, why are you holding on to them? Why are you holding on to your worry? Why are you holding on to the burden? I'm going to tell you why we hold on to it so long. Because we feel like God ain't who he say he is. Because we truly don't trust God with it. When we truly trust him with it. When we truly roll it over to him. We, I'm going to get to that other verse. And that's the verse we quote so quickly. But we really haven't given what we need to give to God. Some of us are still holding on. To pass hurt. And that, that's got us weary. That's got us burdened down. Some of us are still holding on to guilt and condemnation when the price has already been paid through Jesus Christ. In him there is therefore now no condemnation. To those that are in Christ who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. See the thoughts that we have that don't line up with the word of God, they weigh you down. If that thought keep coming and coming and coming and you ain't doing nothing with that thought, this is why you get anxious. This is why you get worried. And the enemy doesn't set up a fortress in your mind. And seem like when, when you want to come out, you, you crying out to God because you want to come out. But the problem is we're not taking the word of God to overthrow that thought. This is why he said, cast down every imagination. See, we got to understand when we take a thought, if we don't get rid of it, it become a picture. It become an imagination of something that we have created in our mind due to the way that we think. If you don't get rid of it, you're going to see yourself out there doing something that don't line up with who you are now that you in him. And if fear is false evidence that appear real, why? Because we let it go so long that that's what we come to believe. We have to believe what the word of God is saying and not believe what the enemy has given us. So he's telling us, the first thing he tells us to do is a command. Be anxious for nothing. Don't fret about anything. Take no thought. 
He said, all your concerns and your cares and your troubles, he said, I want you to cast them. I want you to roll them over on me. God want us to give all this up today because see worries and anxiety, it brings sickness because your immune system gets low. When you worried, when you have a spirit of heaviness and anxiety upon you, it ain't hard for you to get sick. It ain't hard for you to catch something. Why? Because when anxiety come and it weigh you down, you get weak. You get feeble. Your thoughts are not where they need to be in the Lord. This is why we got to gird up the loins of our mind. How do we do that? Through the word of God. See, God give us what we need. But if we don't take what God has given us, the word is your medication. We have to take this medication every day on a daily basis. Don't think you don't never need it. When you wake up, you need it. Throughout the day, you need it. When you lay down, you need it. We need to be teaching it to our children while we're getting it for ourselves. We need to let our children know what the word of God is saying. Because when they get in school, they're getting ready to tell them that everybody's equal, people. You got to set the record straight and you got to tell your children, you are who God created you to be. God created you male, you male. God created you female, you female. There is no difference. There's a difference between male and female. They're trying to put it all together in school and teach your children the opposite. If we don't get our mind off of us and put our mind on God, our children is going to be corrupt. The devil know where to go in the school. And if the teachers don't teach it, they're going to be fired. Y'all don't get it. See, we got to teach our children the right way. We got to teach them in the way that they need to go. This is why God told the Israelites every land that they go into. He said, I want you to teach your children. The way that I taught you, I want you to teach them. How do you think that Abraham, Isaac, and how do you think all them learned so much? Because they was teaching them the way of the Lord. We got to teach our children the way of the Lord. And I want to tell you this. Don't think that everybody that's saying, Lord, Lord, is teaching your children know him. Don't think that. Because it's corruption everywhere. The only way you can protect your children is by giving them the word of God for yourself. So when somebody come up with something that's not God's word, you, when they come tell, no, baby, that's not what the word says. This is what the word says. Because once you feed somebody mine a lie, that lie is going to be truth to them. Come on, look at Satan when he went into the Garden of Eden. Come on, they were in paradise, y'all. They were in a place where there was no sickness, no disease, no worries. It was nothing but peace. But the enemy came and used what God created because he wanted the glory. What did he do? He took Eve's mind. He took her mind off of what God was saying and he put her mind on you could be more than what you are. You could have more than what you have. Just take from the tree that God told you not to take from and you're going to see that your eyes are going to be open and you're going to be like God. See, he goes after the mind. He want to twist your mind. He wants you to think otherwise. He wants you to think opposite of the word of God. He wants you to take your mind off the promises that God gave you. He wants you to put it on what you're seeing. He wants you to put it on how you feel. He wants you to put it on what's happening around you. But that's when you begin to decree and declare, this is what God has to say today. God is saying this to today. If you want to change your atmosphere, change your the way you talk. 
Your atmosphere comes from what come out of your mouth. In the atmosphere, over the hospitals is a spirit of death. When you walk in the hospital, it's a deaf spirit. So when that deaf spirit is in the hospital, it end up lingering on you because that's what they're speaking in and out of hospitals, death. Because COVID-19, they say you're going to die. All over the news, that's all you're hearing is about death, death, death. They're speaking it into existence. We should be speaking. We're going to live. They're going to live and not die. They're going to declare the works of the Lord. We need to be speaking life. The news is speaking death. Why aren't the Christians speaking life? Christians are agreeing with them. People dying every day. People dying every day. You better put on your mask. You better get your dose of that. We're supposed to be speaking life. Because God is the only one. He said heaven and earth shall pass away. The only thing that's going to remain is the word. Everything is going to pass. He said, because my word is forever settled in heaven. So if we don't grab hold to the word, we will die. Just because you save don't mean that you won't die early. Just thank God that you already accepted him. That's the benefit that you have. Some people are playing ricochet with their life and really don't even know who you are. Don't even know what you have because you're going on what people are telling you. And I'm telling you what they're telling you now. Save yourself. We can't save you. Save yourself. They were saying if anybody called 911 in a state, they said don't call 911. We can't help you. We got too many cases going on. Come on. They're already telling you they can't save you. The only thing that's going to save us from what's going on around us is the word. Our only help is going to come from the word. Even the enemy knows this. He knows life in the word. He knows that when we get life from that word, it quickens our mortal bodies. It brings life to our mortal bodies. But if you're not renewing your mind according to the word of God, your body is not getting that life. Your body is getting deaf. To be currently minded, that means fleshly minded. Y'all, the word says it. The Bible says to be currently minded is deaf. So you can be currently minded, fleshly minded, being born again. Always thinking on things of the flesh. But the Bible says if you be spiritually minded, that's a promise. He said you will have life and you will have peace. Now, this is what God is saying. There's two minds. There's a carnal mind, which is of the flesh. And there's a spiritual mind, which comes from God. When you are spiritually minded and your mind is on spiritual things, you feel life in your body. God wants your body to have life. The only way your body is going to have life is thinking on spiritual things. If you're thinking on what the news is saying all the time, your body is having death. You don't even have to be in the midst of COVID if your TV's on. You're already in the midst. You can stay in your house for real. Don't go out amongst nobody and don't let nobody in. Don't let nobody come out, just like Jericho. You shut up in your house. Nobody can come in. Nobody can go out. I got enough food to last me until this thing is gone. 
And you're stuck in there with COVID because it's in your mind. Because you got the TV on listening to every death report. Listening to every reporter. One thing I can say about them, they come up with the same thing, death. They don't want to call. They're doing better than the church. Doing way better than the church. Because every news report is death. If this newsman find out that 50 died, the other newsman going to find out 150 died. They got to see what they said. They got to go above that. They got to meet a, y'all better hear what I'm saying. Some people say, well, you need to listen. Yeah, in some aspect, you do need to listen. If you're listening to speak the word of God, that's a different listening. But if you're sitting there listening to find out where COVID is and make sure it don't come to your house, you need to turn off the TV. Because you're waiting on death to come at you. You're doing all you can to stop death. Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. So if we know what he already defeated, our fight is the good fight of faith. We're fighting the good fight of faith. We're only speaking what we know we have. Whatever he has blessed us with. That's what we begin to speak. In spite of what's in front of us, we don't give a different report. We give the report of the Lord just like the spies went out and spied out the land. Y'all know they spied them out. The ones that spied them out, it was only two that come back with a good report. Come on, two of them out of the 12 spies. Two of them. Come back with a good report. The rest of them wanted to stone the ones with the good report. This is what's happening in the church. People in the church want to stone me, want to stone everybody that's telling you what the word is saying because they believe those are giants. Kovic is a giant. We little grasshoppers. We can't defeat Kovic. You better do what they say or you're going to die. Church folks speaking death on one another. When God is about life, God has given everybody in this room a choice. Whatever you choose to do, that's you. But you don't go and talk against your brother and sister because they didn't choose what you chose. God don't work like that. We're one body. We're the body of Christ. We're supposed to be taught the same thing. We don't supposed to hate one another. Just because somebody doing something you didn't do. That's not how the body of Christ is supposed to be. We have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That means we got to have the same attitude he had while he walked here on the earth. Our attitude got to be just like his when he walked on the earth. How can my attitude be like his? By lining it up with the word. The way I act, the way I respond is going to be according to the word. So when we go back and we see that we're casting our cares, when you really are casting your cares, when you really not letting anxiety and taking a thought come upon you, it's because you're trusting in God with all your heart. You're leaning not to your own understanding. You're acknowledging him in all your ways. And then it says he will direct your path. But the key is trusting in the Lord with all, not part of your heart. It got to be all or nothing. There cannot be part of you in the world and part of you with God. That means you ain't giving God all of your heart. This is why David told Solomon, you got to know the Lord. You got to serve him. 
your heart, your mind. Everything got to go to him. You got to love him with your heart and your mind. Everything goes together. You can't give him part of you. You got to give him all of you. So after we do this, when we really go to God, how many really go to God for real? Let's talk about it. How many really go to God for real? Because you know, if God don't do this, nobody can. That's going to him for real. That means you ain't looking at nobody but God. I want to say this. The Bible that I read shows me that God don't need no help. Let me tell you how he get man to help him by doing what he says. But it's his way or no way. Y'all, read your Bible. Every man he used had to do it God's way, the way he told him to do it, by taking nothing from his word or adding nothing to it. He said, when I give you my word, that's how I want you to carry my word out. See, we're carriers of the word of God, but we got to carry it out the way he tell us to carry it out. Not carrying it out just to keep friendship. Not carrying it out to make sure people still like me. Not sugarcoating it to make sure I still have a house full of people. But carrying it out exactly like God tell you to carry it out. By standing up for what you know is right if nobody ever say anything to you. If nobody ever speak to you again, you are giving the word that God wants you to give. That's when you know you're on God's side. That's when you know that you're truly serving God and not Baal. See, the other ones that were serving the other gods, see, they thought they were doing something until God showed up. Until God scratched forth his hand. How is God going to scratch forth his hand if we don't stand up for him to scratch it forth? God is in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. God said we have to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He said once you lay hands on the sick and be obedient to me, they have recovered. They have recovered from whatever they're going through because you did what my word told you to do. And you didn't do it thinking that, well, God, maybe I need to do this. Well, I'm going to lay hands on them, dash them all on them too. I just told you to lay hands on them and they shall recover. So whatever God's word tell us to do, that's what we do. Is That's not what Mary told them with Jesus. He said, whatever he tell you to do, do it. And when they done it, guess what? They had the best wine. See, God is about this. God is about revealing his glory to a lot of people. And his glory is revealed, y'all, through us. So if we don't take a stand, the church, I'm going to say we need real church folks to stand up. Not the ones that's just saying I'm saved. Now, if God saved us and we accepted him, we got the total package right there. Because in Psalms 103, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Catch that verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He didn't say spirit, did he? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not none of his benefits. So you speaking to your soul and you telling the soul, begin to bless the Lord. 
Begin to give him glory. Begin to give him honor. Begin to give him thanks. Bless the Lord. You, you telling your soul, come on soul, we're going to bless the Lord. And all that's within me, we're going to bless his holy name. We're going to bless the Lord, oh my soul. And forget none of his benefits. Who forgave all your iniquities. Come on, you speaking to the soul. That mean all my sins has been forgiven. Past, present, and future. So when the enemy come in and try to condemn me on something I said last week. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And say the Lord has forgiven me. He don't remember that no more. He put it into the sea of forgetfulness. Come on and bless the Lord, oh my soul. He has saved me. He has delivered me. He has set me free I'm forgiven and then it says who healed all thy diseases all thy sickness bless the Lord because you already been healed see that's when the soul began to bless him have you ever been in your house and all of a sudden the joy of the Lord began to just come up out of you and you can't do nothing but dance and you be blessed the Lord oh my soul I am the healed of the Lord I am the righteousness of God I am justified I am who you say that I am in you God I am because of you God that's because I know who I am now that I'm in you, God. God, it ain't about me. It's about Christ in me, the hope of glory. So I'm going to bless you today, God, for everything that you have done and for what you're doing. God, I'm going to get my praise on. Though it don't look right, God, I'm going to still praise you because of who I am in you. God, ain't about how I feel today. Come on, have you ever felt you don't want to get out the bed? Have you ever felt like you're waiting on something to happen? Come on, we're talking about the fear of the unknown. That'll kill you. Because you have a fear of what you don't know is going to happen. So every day you're getting up with the fear of the unknown. But this is when we need to remember who we are now that we're in him. God, you know all things. And you can do all things, God, except fail. So God, I'm turning this over to you. God, if you did it then, you'll do it now. See, that's what Jehoshaphat did. He went to the Lord and he began to talk about the past victories. Have you ever talked to God about the past victories? God, you brought me out of this. God, I remember God when I couldn't even get out of the bed. God, you brought me out. God, I remember, God, when I couldn't even open my mouth. God, you opened my mouth. God, I remember when I didn't have money in the bank. God, you put money in the bank. God, I remember when I didn't know if I was going to have food on my table. But God, you put the food on my table. God, I remember when, but God. But you brought me out. Why was they always praying on the past victory? Because they were reminding themselves. God, if you bought me out then, you already bought me out now. God, I ain't even winning battle, but I know I'm already out. Because God just said you will not put no more on me than I can bear. So I know, God, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. God, I'm coming out. But God, I may be in it, but God, I have peace while I'm in the storm. Because I know I'm coming out. I'm coming out. It don't look right. 
right, God. But I know you're bringing me out. This is where we got to be. Because God, you said that you know the thoughts that you think towards me. God, you know the plans that you have for me. Plans of good and not evil. Plans of hope and a future. Plans for me to have an expected end. God, you already know what it's going to be before it is. So God, why can I depend on you? Why can I trust in you more than I'm trusting in my situation? God, why am I always brought down by my situation? Come on, don't deny the situation that's before you. Don't deny what's happening because it is happening. It's for real. But one thing that we don't deny is he's still who he say. He is in spite of altuations. God is still God, y'all. He's still God. Christ in us, the hope of glory. God wants us to depend on him more than we dependent on things, more than we dependent on people. Sometimes we wait and say, Lord, send a word. Send a word. He said, you got the word. He said, get in it. Have you ever been so burdened down you can't even open the word? Come on. Have you ever been in a place that you're so weighed down with anxiety and care? You got it in front of you, but it's just like it, it, it just ain't moving. But that's when you got to get into a high praise. That's when you got to get a high praise. When you begin to get a high praise and say, God, I'm going to praise you. I may start out low, but it's going to get higher and higher and higher. God, I may start out with a little, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If he can just get a little bit from you. Just a little trinkle. Just a little, hallelujah. God, you're good. God, in spite of my situation. God, you're still good. And the more you talk about how good he is, the louder you get. The louder you get. Because you're saying, God, your goodness don't change. Your goodness and your mercy is forever. And I just thank you for it on the day. The more you begin to thank him, the more you begin to glorify him, seem like the peace of God come in. Now, this is the verse I'm getting to next. We talked about, first of all, He said, don't fret, don't take a thought. He said, don't let the troubles and cares of this world weigh you down. He said, why? Come to me. He said, give it to me. Present your request to me. And but he said with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto me. Why are you thanking God? You're thanking God that it's already taken care of. Why? Because you trust God with it. You don't know how it's going to turn out, but you know it's going to turn out for good. It's going to turn out for the good. Whatever the enemy meant for harm, God's going to turn it around and he's going to make it for your good. I'm telling you people, God, don't think you're not going to go through something. As long as you're here on this earth, you're going to go through something. Something is going to come knocking at your door. It may come unexpectedly, but it's going to come knocking at your door. And when it comes knocking at your door, don't let it in. (laughs) You better not let it in. It's the door of your mind that is knocking at. You need to say, who that? Not today. I don't receive that. 
You're not coming in here today. Not today. You go in the name of Jesus. I don't receive that. That's casting it down. Oh no, you ain't getting me to see that. The devil is a lie. I'm not seeing that. When you doing these things, this is what happens. And the peace of God. See, when you're doing what the word of God says, say now and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your heart. Guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. He will keep you in perfect peace. Who mine is stayed on thee. Why? Because you trust him. It's a trusting time, y'all. If you're not feeling the peace of God, it's because you're not trusting God. Because his words say he will keep you in perfect. That's complete peace. That's shalom. That's peace in every area of your life, even when you know the bill is due. Even when you know they say going to turn out your lights because your light bill ain't paid because you didn't have the money. God will keep you in perfect peace. Because you're guarding your mind. And your heart. So your mind and heart got to be guarded. Why both of them? Because when the thought come in your mind. If you don't guard your mind. It's going to get in your heart. And it's going to begin to come out of your mouth. So you got to put a guard over your mind. You got to only think what the way he think. Go into Isaiah 55. Listen at what God is saying in verse 6. Seek ye the Lord. While he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. You hear that? Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he would abundantly pardon. Guess what he's saying here? He said let the wicked forsake his way. And then it gets and man his thoughts. Because see, the enemy wants you to have wicked thoughts. He don't want you to think like God think. This is why the next verse said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. He's talking to the wicked. That's who he's talking to, the wicked. That's why he said, ho, everyone that thirsts. This is verse one. Come ye to the water and he that have no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why is he saying that? Because he said, we can come unto him. What he got is free. He said, just come to me and get it. He said, you got to forsake your thoughts. You got to forsake your way. The wicked. He said, because my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Why is God saying that? Because the thoughts that you have is wicked. The way that you're going, you got to forsake that to come in alignment with me. We still, some of us, having wicked thoughts. Why are we having wicked thoughts? I'm going to give it to you, men. When you see a woman, and that woman looks satisfied and and appealing to you, that's a wicked thought. Because that thought come before you, oh, you can have that. Oh, yeah, you can tap that. That's a wicked thought. You get rid of that thought because if you don't get rid of that thought, you're going to lust after that woman in your heart and you're going to see yourself having it. Come on. Before you really get it physically. You already committed adultery and saying you faithful to your wife. The devil is a lie. In your mind, if you got wicked thoughts and you're not getting rid of wicked thoughts, 
men, lusting after men. Wishing that your husband was that way or your boyfriend was that way. That's a wicked thought. Or the chocolate of Thea. Thea talking about, I know. Or they got a gap of Thea. Perfect teeth, wicked thoughts. God might give you a man with crooked teeth and scrape them all up. Everything God makes is good. Come on, them wicked thoughts. Come on, I'm going to go back to the men. I'm going to give you this right here. There may be a chick. You don't get rid of that chick. It's going to be here, chick, there, chick, everywhere, chick, chick, chick. I'm going to help you out. You ain't got a lot of chicks. If you ain't forsaking that wicked thought of that one chick, you done got a lot of chick, chick, chicks. Guard your mind. When you're watching television, men and women, people undressing themselves, you better turn the channel. Because you're going to have an imagination of that woman and not your wife or that man and not your husband. Guard your mind. The music that you're listening to. Guard your mind. Stuff that you imagine yourself being in. Watching how people dress. Then seeing yourself dressing like that. Guard your mind. Because you're going to go after the world. You're not going after the things of God. The church have failed in that area because the church is trying to be too much like the world. Oh, this is what's going now. This is what you got to look like. Now, I don't have to look like that. I look like who God want me to look like. And I got to go digging to find whom I want to look like. Because everything is changing. Cleavage all out. Some of the stuff you can't even pin up. Pin up. Y'all finding out women? You can't even pin it up. Then if you ain't got no boobs, come on, it's still wide open because it got to be filled out. It's the way of the world. Come on, high-waisted jeans. Some of us can't pour that over your stomach. Way of the world. Come on, somebody. Your underclothes can't even buy them like you used to buy them. Thongs, what's the point of a thong? You ain't got nothing on. Way of the world. Wicked thought. Just don't bomb. They making money off a piece of screen. Guard your mind. People are buying it to turn husbands in. And, and come on. Come on. Because your mind got to get right before you can touch your wife. Wicked thoughts. You ain't guarding your mind. You don't build your mind up with the spirit of perversion. That's what you call it. I'm helping you out. Guard your mind. If I don't turn on Barry White, we can't get it on a Teddy Pendergrass. Guard your mind. If it's taking Teddy and Barry, something wrong with your marriage. If it got to take something, when I found you, I found, oh baby, guard your mind. Then when you get her, nothing but the devil. 
It's time to guard your mind. It's time to forsake all wicked thoughts. Do anybody know what a wicked thought is? Some of you don't because you entertain them so long. It's normal in your life. But a spiritual person, that ain't right. Where you get that from? Who told you that? You're backwards. So we got to forsake all these things in order for us to hear him the way he want us to hear him. My sheep know my voice. We got to get rid of all of these things that we have before him. Even though we have the spirit of God in us, we place things before him. And that's why you can't tune into him the way you need to because there are blockages. That's why he told him when you go into this land, get rid of the altars, get rid of all the pictures, get rid of all of these things. Because if you don't get rid of these things, they're going to be pricks. They're going to be thorns. Come on. They're going to vex you. Some of us are being vexed because we're not getting rid of. Because we think it's okay to look at magazines with stuff in it we shouldn't be looking at. We feel like I'm by myself. It don't matter. Nobody know. But Christ in you, the hope of glory knows. He know what you're going to do before you do it. Oh, I don't need no man. I'm doing good. I bet you are. And God know just how good you think you're doing. And it ain't of God. Come on, somebody. Guard your mind. Get rid of everything that has a hold on you. All of us in this room know what got a hold on us. We know what's vexing us. We know what's keeping us from living a normal life. Come on, when you get uh, anxiety and, and, and it's weighing you down, guess what we do? We don't want to do nothing no more. We don't want to go nowhere no more. We just want to be weighed down. Just leave me alone. Just, just let me sit here in my misery. I don't want to do nothing. That's what anxiety do. It weigh you down to a place you don't have that happy feeling no more. But see, God gave you some joy that it sees that happy. This is why he said that I'll do it seedently, abundantly, above all that you may ask or think. But catch this. According to the power of Christ in you, the hope of glory that's in you. See, it's according to what's in your spirit. See, it's according, not you. I will do it seedingly, abundantly above all that you ask or think. According to the power that worketh in you. What power is in you, Christ? In you. The hope of glory is that power. Is that resurrection power that's in you that want to come out of you. That want to flow through you. That want to raise the dead. That want to set the captives free. That want to heal the sick. That's what's in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. The miracle worker is on the inside of you. Come on, when you walk in a place, the demon's supposed to flee. Not because of you, but because of Christ in you. The hope of glory. Demons supposed to bow down because you entered the room with Christ in you. The hope of glory. They beholding his glory. And they're fleeing. Because you know whom you're carrying. You are carriers of the anointing. Christ in you. The hope of glory. So when I walk in a room, everything's supposed to, come on, it's supposed to leave. Why? Because Christ in me, the hope of glory, have walked in that room. That's why people run all the time. 
That's why people don't want to be around you. Because when they're around you, they know Christ in you is coming out of you. Why do y'all get upset when people don't want to be around you because you reject it? You already been accepted in the beloved. You in a good place. Come on, Christ in you. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So God is telling us now, do not let these things weigh you down. Y'all, they're going to come and they're going to try to weigh us down. And they will weigh you down. You get so weighed down sometimes you don't want to talk. You just want to sit and be quiet. But when you start talking about his goodness, his mercy, his loving kindness, what he has done, what he is doing, come on, it gives you hope. Come on, it gives you life. The spirit of God begin, come on, the spirit which is in you begin to quicken your mortal body. Why? Because it's done got past your soul. Why? Because you've been renewing your mind. So you're telling the soul to be of a good courage. You're telling the soul, you're going to bless the Lord today. And all that's within you, you're going to bless his holy name. Because he is whom he say he is. God will remind you of scripture, y'all. You know, I thank the Lord for what he's doing and what he's already done in me and my husband's life. Because, y'all, he's doing exploits. And the reason why is because we know him. And we have to continue to know him on a daily basis because every day is changing that day. And if we're not ready for that change, it will weigh you down, right? So the Lord don't want us to be weighed down. Listen to what he's saying in Psalms 42. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Did y'all hear that? He was telling his soul, why are you disquieted within me? He said, soul, begin to praise God, because he is the health of your countenance and your God. He give us the answer right here. You got to talk to that soul. Say, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. You ain't got no right being disquieted within me. You're going to make a joyful noise. The Bible said, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Y'all, let's don't miss out on what we already have. Let's draw from our spirit by renewing our mind according to the word of God. Mark chapter 4, it talks about four grounds. The first ground it talks about in Mark chapter 4, the word was sown by the wayside. But it says, when they heard, Satan came immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. He took it away. He caused doubt. He took it away at once. While this word is going forth today, he want to take it away at once. Why? He want doubt to come again. When you doubt, you do without. Then that other ground, it said it was sown These were they which were sown on stony ground. Y'all know stony is like hard rocks, right? Who, when they have heard the word, immediately received it with gladness. They received the word with gladness. But look what happened. And had no root in themselves. The word didn't take time to get rooted in the heart. Some of us are on stony ground. The word, you ain't giving it time to root in your heart. And it said, and endured but for a time... Afterwards, when affliction, that's oppression, trouble, or persecution arise for the word's sake, 
listen at this. Immediately they are offended. That means that they fall away, they stumble. These are some Christians. You hear the word. You receive it with gladness. But then when persecution comes, for the word's sake, affliction, we fall away, we stumble. So that tells us where we are, right? But this is the one that got me. Those that are sown among, among thorns. Y'all know when you plant something, thorns will wrap around it. And when you get your hand on the thorns, they prick you because you're trying to get it from around your flowers or whatever. The ones that are sown among thorns, listen what happens. Such as hear the word and the care, the anxiety of the world. And the deceitfulness of riches, riches and the lust of other things enter in and choke the word and it become unfruitful. This is what's happening now. The cares of this world, the anxiety, the things that's happening around us is coming in and choking the word. And we become unfruitful. But those that sow on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold. So this is what we have to do, church. We have to let go of what's holding us. And we have to grab hold to this word like never before. Because it's coming in. It's coming in one thing after another. We got to pray for our government, y'all. We got to pray for our hospitals, y'all. We got to, come on, you got to take your mind off you. You got to pray for these doctors, these nurses. You got to pray for the CNAs. You got to pray for everybody that's in these hospitals. They are in in hospitals where the spirit of death is hoovering over that hospital. Why do you think God have certain Christians in those hospitals to pray and intercede? Come on, that's only man, y'all. Their bodies give out too. You don't want nobody working on somebody and they're at death door and they fall asleep and they die when it's not their time to die. We got to pray over the hospitals. We got to pray over the government that they make the right decisions. We got to pray over the White House that they making the right decisions. You cannot decide outside of God. You only going to go on human knowledge, not on God's knowledge, not on God's way of doing things. You're going to use natural wisdom, not wisdom from above. So we got to pray for all those that are in authority so we can live a quiet and peaceful life. The word says it. The church ain't praying. The church is too worried about, is it going to come to my house from the White House? You're too worried about what's going on. on, What you need to do is begin to pray. Begin to seek his face and say, God, I thank you for healing the land. I thank you for people's hearts turning towards you, God. Come on, we need to intercede. Prayer is the answer. It's more than about us. It's about others that are dying around us. Lord, send the ones out there that need to be sent to minister the way of the Lord, to give the good news, God. Send them out there. It is our job and our duty because he has given us a commission. He don't bring us in here just to come in here as a safe haven. He don't bring us in here. He bring us in here to get the word, to take the word out and let people know you will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. God's got a call on your life. Whatever the enemy's being for your harm, God's going to turn it around and make it for your good. We got to speak truth in a time of trouble. We got to speak only what God would have us to speak. So God is saying, 
guard your mind. Every thought that don't line up with him, cast it down. And I want to say this. The devil have some of y'all mind so messed up that you thinking you're doing God a service and you ain't. You thinking you okay because all your numbers checked out at your appointment. Everything checked out good. So you think you okay. But I got news for you. Don't get slack. Don't get slack. It's time to fuel up. You know how when the storm's coming, everybody at the gas tank. And everybody taking every tank they can to fill it up. <laughs> you the tank. Fill up. (laughs) You need overflow. We all need it. We need to get into the word while we can, y'all. The word is the only thing that's going to save us. Man is tired. They're telling you they're tired. They're telling you there's nothing we can do. Save yourself. And the only way we can, we already save, but the word is what's going to keep us. Guard your mind and keep it guarded every day and you will make it. You will make it. You will succeed. So be of a good courage. Amen. Come on to God be the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do we have any visitors at this time? If we do, would you like to stand? And I want to say those that are out there that you say you know the Lord. This is not a hit and miss game.